0: To Angela Sudi's podcast today I have a very special guest I'm extremely happy to have on the show Darish Sudi Darish is the CEO and founder of the Be Unique group based in Dubai he uh, founded the company over 10 years ago now originally from Iran um, but built his career in the UK and then moved to Dubai so we're going to hear all about that story shortly he's also a professional speaker and a thought leader and he also happens to be my husband which is why i'm a little bit nervous today so welcome to the show Dorit. well thank
1: you for inviting me to, your, to my own office you are. I really appreciate this it's and my pleasure do you know what i love about the way that introduction was that you only looked at your piece of paper three times to remind you who i was so <laughs> thank you yeah, so much we no. did very well because i expected at least five times
0: okay well thank you so, you so that's a good start then yes and i think i stuttered stutter. once so that's you didn't better. stutter mm. okay that's great stutter. So I think um, what I'd like to do today is really talk about different aspects of your life. Um, Because I think, you know, behind the business consultant, people don't really understand who Darish is. You know, they see this uh, business guru, this entrepreneur, this individual with all this knowledge, but they don't really understand where that knowledge comes from. And for me personally, when I see you giving advice to companies, I, you know, I wonder, do they really value where this information is? So I think it would be, really helpful for people to understand, you know, who is Dariush? Where did your journey start? How did you get to where you are today? What lessons did you learn along the way on that journey that can help other individuals and budding entrepreneurs with their own journeys?
1: Wow, <clears throat> I think you asked a long question so I can talk for 45 minutes, Indeed, right? And that, you, know, you don't have to say <laughs> one word again throughout exactly. this podcast, really yeah. good question. Uh-huh. Where would you like me to start from?
0: <clears throat> So from the beginning, you're from, you know, you were born in Tehran, mm-hmm. um, You lived um, in town until you were 14. Why why did you move at that stage to the UK?
1: Okay, um, I think uh, more than anything else is as a child, I faced a lot of challenges. And I think as a child up to the age of eight or nine, it shapes the person you are. And then it's a choice that you have as an adult, whether you want to, you're happy with that person, the personality you've developed or you're not. So we can always change. So that's, I'm not saying that, I'm 54 and a 54 year old still lives with that 8 year old inside. But that 8 year old has a huge power over adults that we are today. Mm -hmm. So by the age of 4, I lost my father, I was brought up around a lot of women. So I'm extremely sensitive, emotional and very aware of people's behaviours where most men that I know aren't because they've been brought up around lots of men. My grandfather passed away 3 years after my father. And these were the two people who were taking care of me. So automatically I realized that life is, is very short. Uh, most of us, again, I believe that we live life like it's forever. And I never want to have a life that I have regrets. And as you know, I like taking lots of holidays. Yeah, <laughs> we, we like taking lots of holidays because I really believe life's an adventure. So, um, I've never been one for mundane, continuous, same thing, fit in a box because I want I want my life to be a one-off, um, an adventure. That, And also I want to inspire people because I feel that I didn't have anybody at a young age to teach me anything, right? And I could have probably achieved a lot more in my life if I had some coach, somebody to guide me. Mm-hmm. And so I made the early decision, age seven and eight, I was gonna always treat people with respect. I'm always gonna teach them things that, uh, that could enhance their lives and I was a walking talking person who didn't settle to where he was born or the circumstances he was born in so i thought if i can do it anybody can do it because i'm not by any means the strongest fastest tallest um, slimmest uh, most attractive most intelligent in anything i've been on courses all over the world and i realized i am actually mr average but i'm not the only mr average the reason you're average is because most people are like you and i thought if i wasn't born with a gift how can I develop certain skills that can give me an outstanding life? So uh, I worked on those. And and I'm, I like to think that I'm a champion for the average person. Not man, just average person, male or female, average being.
2: Mm,
0: you see, for, thank you. And from my point of view, I think, you know, looking at your sort of life journey, I think that you, you were born with a gift because, you know, you see so many children that are born into privileged lives, they have, you know, fantastic parenting, they have ready-made businesses to step into, and yet they still take a different road. Whereas, you know, for you, you didn't have that guide, you didn't have a father figure, you didn't have a grandfather to say, okay, this is the way, let me teach you about business. So the fact that you had that mindset when the odds were against you, you know, to really make those decisions for yourself, I believe that is a, it is a gift. Well, I think it's
1: often I think to myself, was, I, was, I, was it a curse or was it a gift? And I would give it all up today to spend five minutes of my dad.
0: I understand that. I
1: so, understand. Uh, I'm getting emotional. I understand. Mm. So what the hell is money? But at what point... When love, love is
0: everything. Did you feel, you know, in your, you know, your sort of childhood going through your formative years... Did you think, okay, I'm gonna turn these experiences? Thank you for not
1: showing one bit of emotion, but I'm getting all emotional. <coughs> Sorry, I'm as a wife, you didn't even give me a handkerchief.
0: Because I'm trying to I'm
1: It's okay, but sadness is part of life, right? Yeah. So most of us want to have this fairy tale life, and life is hard. Do life you, is hard.
0: Do you think that those experiences, you know, not having your father, do you feel that that created a driving force in you to maybe? You know, make him proud or be successful Mm. and, you know, set yourself aside from people around you to to achieve more? Uh,
1: I honestly can tell you that actually, earlier on in my life, before I had children, I I actually wanted to live a life where, like, um, I was a daredevil. I did everything to, in a way, subconsciously end it all. Because, Dad, if I can die young like you, would I be accepted would I be loved but when you have children a different sense of responsibility comes into your life and I always thought I want to be the father that I never had so and then you you become more honorable you have more values you 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 even even now as you know my children raised from 27 to 6 even now when I'm holding a meeting I'm thinking if my six-year-old was here now watching me would he be proud of me so your sense of responsibility changes. I I guess I was more selfish, but now I'm more, I like to be more considerate towards the legacy I leave behind for my kids. And that's
0: beautiful. That's really beautiful. I think that's why
1: you married me. I think (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: why I married you. That's beautiful. And do you feel that, you know, looking at your sort of heritage from Iran, because you left Iran when you were 14, and then you moved to the UK. So you know, you moved to the UK, you didn't speak the language, you didn't know the culture. Where do you feel, but then from 14 until moving to Dubai 11 years ago, you, you lived in the UK. So in terms of your sort of heritage and your culture, do you feel that you're more Middle Eastern or do you feel that you're more European or are you a balance of the two?
1: Actually, I thought you were going to try to make me cry again. I'm not going to cry again. I wasn't. I'm going I, to commit, will, I won't yeah? okay. But I don't mind talking about my childhood. Um, <coughs> one thing I knew that when I went to from UK from Iran to UK, I wasn't like everybody else. My name is Mohammed Darius Sudi, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so I never fitted, right, from the beginning. I, also, I was the only foreigner at school. So although I was being bullied every day, even my teachers were bullying me and calling me names, I never quit. And I couldn't go home and tell my mom because my single mom, she had her own problems. So when I would go home and my shirt was torn on because I was getting a good beating, I would get a beating at home because I couldn't take care of my uniforms. So I thought, you know what, I'm in this world by myself, right? So I've got to work hard to, to not allow external factors to defeat me. So I learned martial arts. I, I tried to excel at sports. I became a head boy at the school and, you know, two years before I couldn't speak English. Didn't stop the beating, so I still got <laughs> bullied. But it kind of proved to me that you can do whatever you set out to achieve, right? And then I tried to use that bullying uh, because most foreigners, when you speak to them, they have a strong accent. And I tried to speak English without an accent because that resulted that accent would result in a beating. So I just made a decision that I wasn't going to speak English with a foreign accent Um, so I could fit in. But I never externally could fit in, but I tried to. Does that make sense? The external factors didn't accept me, but I tried to fit in because I knew as a foreigner, I wouldn't get on as well as I could in that environment. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't going to allow, I wasn't going to be subordinate. I wasn't going to be pushed around. So I was going to do things my way. But somehow have to fit in when i when my business failed in in the uk the only pl- i tried i thought about going back to iran then i thought you know that it, that country's changed over the last revolution and everything else and england wasn't for me i just my dna doesn't like gray gray clouds and gray days and short dark days i like the sun and i was just we were just fortunate enough that my sister lived in dubai so it was an introduction to this country, and I fell in love with it because it's got the safety, the systems of Europe, and it's still got the religious beliefs, be it not so um, strict, and more open and more giving, and it just ticks all the boxes. Never liked paying taxes, so the idea of I work, I earn, I keep, uh, really appealed to me. And although it came later on in our lives, it served me really well. And I thank the leaders of the country, I thank the universe for offering me this opportunity, us the opportunity to give our children the best life they could ever wish for.
0: Indeed. Yeah. No, I agree with you and I think, you know, you've had, you've run a success, you've run successful businesses in the UK. And that's, you know, I think part of my appeal certainly to you, you know, as, as a husband, as a partner, as a businessman, was that you've been on both sides of the coin so we had this discussion this morning about you know if we were looking for coaches who would we aspire to be coached by whether it's fitness or it's business or it's personal and I think in your case you know you've, you've built those successful businesses you've lost them and then you've rebuilt them again and that to me you know is, is very appealing because you walk you talk you know you've you, the businesses from the UK versus your businesses here in your experience what are the differences, you know, running a successful business out of Europe with all the rules and the regulations and the restrictions and then coming here and starting from scratch? Because when you came here, you, you started from zero and you built a business in a in a very short period of time, you know, to a successful level. So in your experience, you know, which market is easier? for young budding entrepreneurs to penetrate into the market and to be successful for themselves? Oh, great
1: question, but I'd like to start by saying that, so you didn't marry me for my looks?
0: That, that, was, that was the other factor, <laughs> of course. Okay,
1: and my great body. <laughs> Indeed. <do>. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so past that shallow answer. Um, actually, I really believe that if I go back to England or anywhere in Europe, or anywhere in the world, I could do this quick. Okay. It's just that Dubai, and its leadership and the way it works and the openness changed my mindset now I could I couldn't imagine I know you were born in in valleys Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. now somebody was born in a valley and leaderships leaders have been um, known to not to be born in flatland because in a valley you only see what's in front of you and you don't see distances and I can only look at my life and I think when I was in England I felt I was in a valley Okay, And I come to a country of desert where I can see 10 kilometers away. And that's how I feel. I feel that it doesn't really matter about the the actual country now. My mindset has changed. My view of the world has changed. So um, I feel a lot more empowered. Now, the good thing about Europe is that in London, you have 14 million people within an hour drive. So if I was going to start a business, I'll definitely start in London because I can do market research in in an hour. Mm -hmm. Here, you have to drive everywhere. The whole population of this city is 4 million. The whole population of the country is 10 or 12 million and half of them are below living standard uh, professionals. So um, I think the rewards are higher in Europe. Yes. Um, But then the expansion and the attitude of business is better here. Uh, because they're more entrepreneurial, it's a younger country. The majority of people are under 40, whilst in the UK, majority of people are over 70. Sure. You know, and... or Europe, should I say. Um, also, I think with Europe, there's this claustrophobic feeling. When I go from here to Europe, not America so much, but then I'll explain what I think of America as well. The roads are smaller. Yes, there's, not, there's only one lane.
0: More narrow. Yeah, narrow.
1: terraced houses you know (laughs) here the houses were built the roads were built after Mm -hmm. in England there were horse-drawn carriages and then they just happened to build cars afterwards so even when I go to France when we go to France or Italy the rooms in hotels are small and you feel claustrophobic and I just like space you know Mm -hmm. And, and it's like my mindset I like I like silence as you know solitude I like space to think and um, although it's beautiful character history, we live on the Palm and from the Palm to the airport, it's a good half an hour drive, but we don't have one traffic light.
2: True.
1: You know, we go 200 meters in England, there's three traffic lights, two roundabouts and two pelican crossings.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Right.
1: Uh-huh. So, and it's the same with the US, maybe they have seven lanes, but they take you half a day they go from A to B because there's mm-hmm. traffic. True. So here you've got speed, you've got freedom, you've got space whilst in Europe it's claustrophobic, in the States it's traffic and so I can't imagine a better place to to work in than Dubai.
0: What, Again what about thanks
1: to his vision of his leaders, <coughs> amazing. We're okay. blessed to be here at the right time in the right place.
0: Mm, I, I agree fully. What about, so that's business, what about for your life like on a personal level if you were not here you know because of business and growing the you know the business If you were looking at okay business now is at a level where maybe it doesn't need your attention so much and you wanted to live and enjoy life and slow down because the pace here is very fast you know we're on a million miles an hour all of the time you know Dubai is a very very moving and a very transient city so if we were looking at in terms of for yourself you know where where would you want to to live
1: is that an indirect answer so you can later like, on after this what's podcast our say, next step? "Did you say Sydney? <laughs> Did you say Sydney, where, I like where, Melbourne?" Yeah. No, this yeah. is the way of
0: manipulating the podcast to yeah, see I where our next that. move yeah, yeah, will be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay, I think in life you go through different stages, right? So right now we're still trading, and I love to. Unfortunately, this damn Corona stopped us trading around the world and traveling so much. But I love to have a business in the US, Europe, and here. Um, I'm a nomad, so. I I love traveling. I like different seasons, different seasons, different countries. So ideally, I like to have an apartment in autumn in New York. I like to have an apartment in summer in London. I like to have uh, a a sort of chalet in winter in Switzerland. So different parts of the world, and I love spring in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So I don't like to travel with any cases. All my clothes are there at those houses and apartments. I arrive, I live. I get bored I move on and I think we we work like that together don't we We, we get do. bored quite easily and, you know how many more days have I got left yeah if I gave you let's say if I gave you ten thousand dollars now and I say to you spend one dollar a day okay it's not a lot of money okay I don't have ten thousand days left
0: you know now we're, we're in a situation where you know our youngest son is is six so you you know you have you have four children, four beautiful children. We have two of the most amazing children together, and then you know I have two incredible stepkids. We're we very blessed. So I think you know, looking at the life cycle of all the children, you know, Ali and Yasmin now are independent. They're young adults. They don't really need us. But for Kain and Caden, and you know the younger ones, they very much need you know parental support. Caden's only six. Kain's thirteen. You know, he's coming into those key teenagers and already we can see you know challenges in him that maybe we've never had before you know his personality is forming so we I think you know as a, as a couple as a family we know that at the moment for the next you know few years while they're going through their education they need a level of stability you know and they like that level of stability they like to be around their family they like to be around their friends you know but for me I see that when those the younger kids grow and they then step into the shoes of Ali and Yasmin and become more independent. I also see a life of travel. And I think that, you know, the world is very small now. And we have the means to be able to do that. Sure. You know, from your point of view, you love traveling. So, you know, this whole COVID situation and having that freedom taken away, you know, how have you dealt with that internally? Well, we kind of
1: still traveled, right? We just found countries that We're, there was no oh. restrictions, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're actually traveling in three days. But, um, there was some thank you for a question. Um first of all, as you know, your stepchildren are they call them stepchildren, right? Call Ki- uh, they're case, so. Kids they're yeah. older kids. Twenty seven and twenty-five. You said that they don't need us. Actually I think they really do. The fact that they are the kids that they are, older adults, is that they know we're there. Right? The fact that they know we're there fulfills their need. Mm -hmm. and they can pick up the phone and they know they're going to get total unconditional love if that wasn't there they will suffer so we think that our 13 year old 6 year old need us most the 27 and 25 year old need us as much but they just know it's there if that makes sense in a different way so that that. need for love never reduces with age it's just that they're not you know they need if we don't feed our kids they'll suffer the, th- the six and the 13-year-old. Okay, so they need us. But the 27-year-old, 25-year-old, the they can feed themselves. So they need us in case of support. But love is the same. Mm-hmm. They still need the same guidance and support and love. As they get older, they test. Because nobody wants to live the life of the parents. Right? They want to say, let me live my life with your values. Don't criticize me. Support me. Guide me. And I love you so much, and I'll come to you and share with you my failures um, without fear. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason we have, thank you God, the universe, we have such incredible kids, is because we brought them up with unconditional love. And they know that their home is always going to be safe. Their home is always going to be a place where they're going to be loved and adored and cherished. And, and, and one of the sad part is they never leave. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. Oh, I don't think that travel <laughs> ever is going to happen because they'll never leave.
0: Oh, we'll have an additional tag-along along the way on each journey. Yeah, maybe. called <laughs> grandkids.
1: <laughs> so um, mm. so to answer your question is that if we live to be old enough and healthy enough, I'd love to travel with you knowing that our kids always know they're loved. Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah I agree.
2: I agree fully.
1: and the thing is right for instance I'm going to go to I want to go to a course three and a half weeks down the line and I know th- there's a calling for me in this course but honest truth I'm not just saying this is that the course won't be the same if you're not there mm-hmm. right so because we all need others to share our loved loved ones to share our experiences with mm-hmm. okay and I just hope that when our kids are old enough to travel by themselves, they always have somebody to share their experiences with, be it us, be it their siblings, or be it their partners, mm-hmm. that they can unconditionally share those moments.
2: Yeah. No,
0: I, I agree fully.
1: You didn't realize yeah. I was so wise, did you? No, so I
0: always knew. We should so. do more Well, podcasts. that's why I've invited you onto my incredible podcast. <laughs> yes. That's why you said, if it
1: doesn't work out, you delete everything, <laughs> yes. right? I don't recall right? cool
0: <laughs> ever saying that, sorry. <laughs> and... That's so called marriage. <laughs> <a> <laughs> yeah, selective memory. Yeah. So let's look at your parenting style then so you know from Uh-oh. Caden you know we have the four kids very different personalities and I think you know I know personally that I parent the children in different ways based on their personality so let's look at your parenting style you know how do you feel that your parenting style has developed because when you had your first two kids you were in your 20s you know now you're older you're wiser you're you know a lot more stable Um, mentally financially emotionally so how do you feel that you know as a busy you know businessman a husband how do you juggle that that parenting how do you juggle to make sure you give even attention to all four kids and how does your parenting style differ between the four of them I think
1: when you have children when you're young I was a dad at 27 when you have children when you're so young you you have, you're on your own path, you're, you're a young person, you're still developing your own personality and learning. At the same time, you have a lot more energy. So I remember with Ali, our 27-year-old, that I used to spend a lot of time with him on the squash court, on the badminton court. And because I've always been a fighter, the poor thing was in the car listening to me talking about biting and winning and this and that and never quit and so that's why he's such a leader he is today. But maybe he didn't have as much, well, if you ask him, he thinks he's had a wonderful childhood. But I think it's like when you say to people, do you want to go to university? And the ones who've been to university say, I didn't learn much, but I had lots of fun.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Right? Maybe being so driven as a father, I took a lot of his fun away. He wouldn't think so. But maybe I did. And, but he became a leader. He was captain of his team. He was a leader everywhere he went. He was looked up. As, uh, as an ath- top athlete in everything he did, and even now, as we know, mm-hmm. he's a leader, and his sense of work and honor and everything is incredible. So I like to take some credit for it. Now I had a, My ex-wife wasn't as engaged as you are, so I had to be a mother and a father and a carer and a businessman, and because looking after the kids was my number one priority, I kind of lost myself. Well, with you because you're more engaged as a woman as a mother I had had I've had more time to be the man I wanted to be uh-huh. but I don't have the same level of energy as I did when I was 27 uh-huh. so I can afford to have football coaches right before I was the football coach so um, the love is everything that has not stopped actually even I think now I give more love and time quality time to our little ones than I did to Ali and yasin because I was always striving. Now I'm not striving so much. Often I go and pick up the kids from school. I hardly ever did that with Ali and Yasmin. And I guess my only regret is that I didn't spend enough time Mm -hmm. with them. Because when time goes, it's gone.
2: You never get that back. You never
1: get that back. So, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, You know, in terms of parenting style, you know, would you consider yourself to be a strict parent? Are you quite relaxed? Do you advise them? Is that the way that you would teach and well, guide Well, obviously them? not
1: strict enough because our two boys give us so much cheek, <laughs> yes? But you I think, know, I think you know, and people who know me know and my family know that the kids really poo themselves when it comes to me. That's right? true. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, and we have a dog that poos herself every time <laughs> she sees me. And I think it's not because, I think it's my tonality, I think it's my certainty that... They know how far they can push, mm, but mm. but last night, and when I say I count to three on three, <laughs> if they haven't done something, they know it's, hell's going go, like, to right? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: so a six year old last night because you were in another room, so I'm going to count to three, and I said, "What are you going to do? what are you going to do six year olds you're testing me And I thought on three I said, I've got to really make him pay for this, right so I, I won't tell you what I did but when he encountered three, I was lying <laughs> there, I literally attacked him, you know, in a funny way, not in it. Of course. Yeah, so he was giggling, and at the same time, I didn't stop, because I wanted to realise that this is... You're pushing your boundaries, yeah. yeah of it's course. not just any three, it's my three. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm sure next time... And he had to run off laughing and crying at the same time, because he, he knew... You know, it's like having a wild horse, and if you, you, you want to ride, you've got to break it, right? Within, yeah, so course. I think I'm quite good at that. They, they know I love them. Even if I'm having a go, I say, Listen, I love you, but you screwed up here.
2: Yeah,
1: true. I never ever take my love away. And um, so to answer your question, strict, it hurts me when I tell them off, but I know it's needed. Am I right? Probably 70% of the time I'm wrong. Yes, but we're humans, right? Of
2: course. So.
0: But as you said, love is everything. You know, they know that all four of them, from Ali right down to, you know, Caden, they, all four of them know. That no matter what time of day, morning, noon, or night, they come in the house. That you know they're welcomed with love and open arms and kisses and hugs and.
1: What would you have done? We're gonna cry again.
0: Yeah. What would you and I
1: have done for that? Yeah. Right. That. I used to come home and I was dismissed, like I didn't exist. Um, Yeah. My my stepfather was an alcoholic. When I used to when I used to come into the house, I had to pretend I didn't exist. I had to put my shoes in a certain way. The front entrance, sneak so he didn't. His eyes didn't cross path. I had to. Used to sit watching television. Was addicted to whiskey and television. And when I walked in, I couldn't distract him from watching TV. So Otherwise I had to. You oh, i would be chastised. And then not that i would be chastised because I know my mum loved me. It'll create a massive argument between them. So because I love my mum so much, you just, decided I, just to yeah. I just took it. I just took it. So, now, I like my space so much because I spend so much time on my own. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? With our music, with my creativity. Again, that served me well now because my creativity has got us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the
0: same time, on, on the positive note, you know, you... You didn't take those experiences and make them into a negative. You're not cold. Well, I You're tried very killing bored. myself. No, I tried killing myself I mean, so many times. But I mean today as a parent. Like, as a parent, you know, monkey see, monkey do. I was abused, therefore I'm an abuser. Mm. That's not
2: you.
1: No, you we know, decided, I decided that it's going to stop with me, right? Because I've got to give my mom some credit, right? So um, she could have easily been defeated, but age of 29, with two kids, she left... Iran with no money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and started a new life
0: didn't speak the language didn't
1: speak the language still doesn't <laughs> barely but you know also it's a sense of responsibility because all my life I've been told that I've got to take care of everyone so I guess that was installed in me maybe brainwashing whatever it is but I couldn't let go
2: mm-hmm.
1: I had to provide right? so maybe. do
0: you think that cause that's one question that I had I wanted to ask you during this podcast you know as a as an employee you know you have somebody saying be at the office by nine you know work till six work till seven these are your tasks and this has to be done as an entrepreneur you know you don't have anyone behind you saying get out of bed get to the office you know drive the business it's it all comes from within so i think you know coming from an entrepreneur's perspective you have to be so highly motivated Because it is easy to say, oh, you know, I'll just take the day off. I have nobody to answer to. And we do.
1: You and I do. When we're comfortable, we we relax, right? We
0: do relax. But at the same time, you know, you've always had that drive within you. Even if you relax, the next day you're back out there again, you know, and you're pushing and you're striving. So do you think that those experiences from childhood installed that motivation we come across many people they come they say you know i want to start this business this is my life dream we say okay great then meet us at six in the morning oh six is a little bit early you know they, they kind of they want it in their mind but when it comes to you know taking action and actually delivering they they don't they make excuses you don't make excuses you get the job done
1: Or even if i've been a dick i say it right i say it and the reason is that i like to think I don't allow my ego mm-hmm. to blind me from the truth. So the reason those people don't wake up at six or five to get to the appointment at six and get ready and professionally ad- adhere dressed and everything is because they don't they don't acknowledge the pain they're in. Okay? So they live in this cloud cuckoo denial. land in mm-hmm. denial. They wanting, but they are accepting which is this is something you and I don't understand mm. they're accepting the shitty situation they're in mm-hmm. okay so I think I said to you at the beginning that I've been brought around women I'm very aware of my feelings and senses and stuff so that way I'm blessed and I do think women are much more powerful sexes than men I think we're idiots really do I think we just the fact that everybody's <laughs> not in here I think it's the fact that we just bigger physically that's about the only superior thing that we have everything else with morons Women are by far the superior sexes so um, I've always I've always wanted to be away from the pain and guided towards the pleasure of achieving something so I think most people avoid even thinking about the pain Uh right and they just don't find it inspiring enough to get up early be uncomfortable but when I wake up in the morning, I, I constantly am aware of where I'm coming from. which is painful and I never want to go there. Mm-hmm. And a drive of wanting better mm-hmm. in my life. So you got the pull and the push.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And most people just have the pull and it's not strong enough.
0: And it's not sustainable. It will pull you for a in time, but then...
1: They live in denial because uh, they look at you and I and they think, oh, these guys are happy and positive and smiling. And it's easy. It's easy. They, they're just born that way. But you know... You know, I don't sleep at night. I get about an hour or two hours of sleep a night. It's a choice to wake up in the morning True. with back pains and neck pains and lack of sleep and also things and then come and try to be inspiring. Yes, yeah. Right? So, but then that energy is getting lessened with, with age. I'm not as consistently inspiring and hardworking as I used to be. So, I've got to be more efficient mm-hmm.
0: and
1: change.
0: So, what, you know, with that in mind, looking at your driving forces and, and what keeps you moving. What advice would you give you know to young entrepreneurs now because you know we live in a world now where back when we were kids you know if you wanted to find information you were down at the library, you were looking for the book, you were standing in the rain, you know you had a certain time to take it back. now everything is just so easy. you know the internet gives us a wealth of information and I'm not sure sometimes whether that's a positive or a negative because also that makes individuals it's too easy, it comes too easy. So for you, you know, if you were to sit down with a group of budding entrepreneurs, you know, who wanted to be successful in their own businesses, what advice, well, what, what three key what things do you would want, you say?
1: What do you want, is it cl- what you want is clear enough,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when do you want it, mm-hmm. and what are you prepared to sacrifice?
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you want, when, and what sacrifices be
1: do you make? Yeah, what sacrifice are you going to make to get you there? Because you're going to make sacrifices.
0: Traits, what personality traits do they Doesn't have? matter,
1: okay. if you, if you prepare to work hard, Yeah, if you prepare, you learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. If you work hard enough, you'll make it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Value yourself. Yeah, don't undervalue yourself. And confidence and value comes from experience. So if you're not going out and knocking on doors, gaining experience, learning from it, you're always going to be weak. Uh Kill the ego. Look at yourself in the mirror. Learn from your mistakes. Grow every day. Yes. Don't be a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Don't give a shit about what people think about you. Of course, give a shit about what your wife and your family and your kids think of you. That's important, but not anybody else. And too many of us waste time listening to others' miserable lives. Yes, and people who actually prefer you to fail in life because it makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, Mm -hmm. They say, you know, when you speak to some people, 80% of people listening to your sad story, don't give a damn. And the other twenty percent think, "Thank God it's you and not me. <laughs> right? So <laughs> yeah. nobody gives a shit. Yeah, so that's true. Um, I think most people tell their crappy story or how hard, up is it because it makes them feel good and loved and connected. To get
0: that connection mm. from.
1: So don't care. Mm-hmm. Look in the mirror. Have that honest. You hear about the bathroom moment. Mm-hmm. Get in that bathroom, close the door. You're away. You don't have to pretend to be a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a son and a father. Just have it honest conversation with yourself in the mirror and because end of the day you know what we've got to be answerable to our God yeah. right and God is within us
0: true <clears throat> true thank you that's beautiful so my last question that's um, it actually I might have two more questions oh bloody hell know, how long have we done yeah it's been not, not like, long at not all long. okay it feels like longer um, thanks no <laughs> they say time flies when you're having fun right so
1: it's
0: not me, it's the opposite. <laughs> okay, um, back, just back to work quickly. You know, we, we, obviously we work together. You know, husband and wife working together and our oldest son also works in the business. So, you know, when I'm looking at successful businesses I like to see, you know, the breakdown. Who is, you know, who are the directors? Who are the ones that are driving this business forward? You know, in this environment we have personal and we have business. So from your side, um, what what challenges do you face working with family, working with your wife, working with your son, and at the same time, what benefits do you face working with your family members?
1: Well, we tried hiring other family members and they failed miserably because we weren't vibrating on the same level, right? So again, they were wanting, but they were not prepared to give, and mm-hmm. they were not prepared to sacrifice the three of us are prepared to sacrifice. What I, there is no concerns, we are on the same goal, we have the same values, same mentalities, everything, same desires. And here's the thing, because we went through shit together.
2: Yes.
1: Right? What I do worry about is how our younger kids are gonna behave when they come to the business. How are Ali's children are gonna behave? Because they haven't seen shit.
0: They've not seen the hard kids to get to this level. It's gonna be
1: everything hunky-dory. What's gonna happen to their emotional intelligence, Mm. right? Because it's the second and the third, third or fourth generation that always screw up. The because grandparents work because they've right. never seen hardship. So, I would like to, again, it's a conversation you and I need to have. Is how we're going to bring Kain and Kaden up that they value things right, like relationships with staff. Um, how hard it is to build a business. Yes. What if you screw it all up? You know, we have this conversation about. They earn more pocket money than I in, in a week that I did in six months, right Absolutely. and saving is that a good thing to save what are you going to do is there a plan with the money to save, mm-hmm. or do they just every weekend every time they go to the mall they feel they have to spend that money mm-hmm. you know those traits and values and habits are really really important now that we install them because again one day they're going to be only borrowing them right? so, off on
0: their own yeah. and their own path
1: and yeah. And if you talk to them now, they both kind of want to come work in the company, right? But what company are they going to run? Mm. How are they going to run it? Are they going to run it to the ground <laughs> or are they going to build it? So yeah, but we again, blessed because they see Ali as a, as a, something as a, a father model. figure, role model and he'll guide them. But I worry for Ali's kids. I worry for other son's kids or my daughter's kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think
2: that's, you know,
0: in both you and I come from a very similar background in terms of our childhood, you know, we were not affluent, we both came from working class families, so, you know, we were not, um, you know, overly exposed to gifts and treats and toys and dining out, you know, looking at, and we've had this conversation many times, you know, how do we make sure that we maintain that level of grounding in the kids? Um,
2: Mm
0: But at the same time, you know, you, we have this big thing about, but we, we want to live an abundant life, we want to show abundance without it being wasted or taken for granted or having that level of appreciation.
1: I think, although we had similar childhoods, we had massively different childhoods. I'll explain to you why. My mum is, God bless her soul, she's still with us and I hope she's listening, is extremely materialistic. Right? Although we were from a very poor background, she was always wanting, she was always wanting to be rich. Now did she have the mentality of a rich person? No, because she wasn't educated or she didn't understand, but she was always wanting. So the question I always asked myself, why? Why can't I have that? Mm-hmm. Why can't I have that house? Why can't I? because to her it was always they're better, they're better than you, they got better houses, better this, better. And I always wanted to get my mom's love. So I always wanted that. With you, you had a ton of love. True. You had loads of love in your life, mm-hmm. but the language of money didn't wasn't correct in your household,
2: True.
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, whilst I had the money side, I didn't have that love and connection, you had that, but you had, in my opinion, um, a poor money education,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the universe has brought us together. To
0: balance to balance together. It. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I know that, if you don't mind me saying in the last 14 years, I've heard you change the way you speak about money. Mm-hmm. and. I've changed the way I live my personal life, and I think it's, it's enhanced both our lives. Sometimes painful, sometimes fun, sometimes educational, but always memorable.
0: <laughs> True, and hopefully that you know that balance will filter down to uh, <laughs> to the kids.
1: Yeah,
2: That's what you hope.
1: I think we've got to believe in the future i think i think the universe the world is in better hands it's going to be in better hands people kids are going to care more about the environment they're far smarter than uh, every all our four kids they get the younger they are the smarter they are so i actually see it then their dna the the kids in the future are going to be far better looking than us they're going to be stronger than us they're going to be taller than us they're going to have less hair than us they're going to be you know they're just going to be enhanced beings yeah Mm -hmm. so the, of course emotionally and mentally and caring they're going to be better as well so the, I think the earth the planet is in better hands it's going to be in better hands in the future mm-hmm. so right now we're just going through crap you know and, and I believe lots of governments trying to control us movements movements of money movements of thought.
0: freedom, freedom of
1: gathering gather, you know we are tribal people and they're even trying to kill that so but I do think there's going to be a revolt I do think people are going to say, no, you bigger beings can't control us anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hopeful. I
0: agree. I think
1: when, when I was when I was sorry when I was six, people used, and I was in this late 60s, early 70s, people used to talk about the world's going to run out of oil, uh-huh. right? In 20 years, the world's going to run out of oil. Um, the population's growing so fast that we can't feed them, right? This uh, found oil to eternity, right? There's going to be oil for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, and then there's liquid gas. Then there's the shells that they can get oil from. Then there's, you know, there's, we've brought out um, the way we treat earth. We can produce six, seven, ten times more food from the same soil as we did 40 years ago. And that's all through knowledge and um, change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not all for good, but, you know, we've gone and screwed up the environment, right? Our food aren't like they used to be. We don't carry the same amount of vitamins and protein, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but humans are resourceful. Mm. We'll find a way.
0: True, and and constantly educating and evolving and growing, you know, as well. I look at the conversations that I have with, you know, our two youngest children, and I don't remember ever having conversations like that with my parents. Maybe, again, because we were, you know, like you say, we lived in a village, it was a small community, so we harvested we tried, Maybe we
1: tried and we we just didn't get the right answers, right? I think we
0: just, we were not so exposed to it. I mean, back when we were kids, I remember we used to go to the market when we were children, and there'd be two elements of you know, you'd go to your local market and you'd have a market store there with all the food and veg. And there'd be one section that was organic, that was. You, well, know, you from went to the, the market, they had organic. Well, it's, it's farm vegetables. No. And then there was the other section that lasted, that lasted longer. Mm-hmm. And you paid more for the products that lasted longer. The ones that came from the farm that rotted within two or three days, they were the cheap products. You paid more mm-hmm. for these that had the pesticides. There was no education. Is, it, there was no education. Yeah. And now, you know, looking back as a child, I think, oh God, how naive we were. We thought that was the way. Buy a tomato that will last you five days. It's worth it. But buy this one that lasts you a day and a half. No, thank you. We don't want those. No, they go off age, too quickly. Yeah. And now, you know, through education and knowledge, everything's, now you go to the organic store and it's three times more expensive than your local supermarket. So how things are changing and, and evolving. And even now, you know, I have to conversations with, you know, with with children and they talk about, you know, we're very aware of where does that plastic waste go? Mummy, I've got this plastic bottle, where's the plastic recycling bin? We never knew about things like this when we were kids. It was still there, you know, wastage was still there. But now, you know, on a global scale, there's a lot more education, a lot more knowledge. They're, they're
1: more aware, aware about the Amazon. <laughs> mm, ex-
0: absolutely, absolutely. And that's not because at home we put the news on and we watch the news. We don't watch TV. You know, this is the children going Access out there. To ask. Yeah, absolutely. They've got, you know, wealth of information from the internet. Mm. You know, so I think that, that is a huge positive. One thing I did want to ask was... Um,
1: Can I tell you my only concern? Sure. As, as company owners, we come across lots of people who take advantage of us, borrow money, never pay back, lie, cheat, steal. All I hope is that they're going to be resilient enough and we don't bring them up in a, some kind of a protected cocoon mm. that doesn't have them prepared for bad people. Now, I know you and I have this conversation some, some conflict because you see the good in everyone. But then, if somebody goes and murders 50 people, they're not good people. I agree. Okay, now, that's an extreme. But there are people out there who are actually bad people, mm. right, and I look at someone and I think, you know, they're a bad person, but they must have a really bad childhood. <laughs> okay, Now, I've realized to think that unless they're willing to see themselves, I just don't want them in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Because they're going to carry the hate and pain, and they're going to hurt and pain, and they're going to bring it to our life. I just hope that our children don't expose themselves to that pain or those people like you and I did. Mm-hmm. And they're going a little wiser and more aware that there are bad people out there. Like or not, there are going to be murderers, and cheats, and thieves, and, and we have them more, not totally guarded, they don't live their lives, but not totally naive to lose everything or get mm. hurt badly. These are mm. my only concerns.
0: That's actually a very good point. And I think, you know, going one step further from, from that, <clears throat> you know, recently we've looked at getting the kids, you know, they want to do a YouTube channel, for example, they love being in front of the camera. One thing I struggle with because I was never raised in front of a camera is being in front of the camera. I don't like photographs. I don't like being videoed. So I'm a lot more reserved when it comes to being at this side of the lens, as opposed to that side of the lens. Whereas I watch the kids and when, you know, they're filming, they're just, it's almost like they come alive in front of the camera because you know, now kids today, they're so much more used to screens than we are they do online schooling, they're on Zoom with their teachers, they're on Microsoft Teams, they're constantly Snapchat, you know, Instagram. So they're subjected to this world of seeing themselves outside of themselves. And I know you and I have had many conversations about exposing the kids <coughs> online to potential threats. So my, my theory is very much, you know, I'm very hesitant to have the kids out there on the internet and and have that level of threat that, you know, could potentially attract. Um, Whereas, you know, from from your side, you're a little bit more at ease with the kids being online and doing their YouTube channel than maybe I am. So I think, not that we have a conflict, I think we have a mutual respect for each other's views and each other's concerns. Um, But I do worry that by going down this path with the kids, it might subject them to unnecessary cyberbullying, or online, or you know, bullying from school friends, you know, mm-hmm. online trolls, whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. So, and my my natural instinct as a mother, rightly or wrongly, is to protect. I don't want them to be, you know, out there in that big wide world just yet, because they're still small. Maybe later when they're older and they've got more experiences, I might feel differently. But at the moment, I have reservations. You know with with the kids being online so you know share your thoughts
1: well, I respect your thoughts
2: mm-hmm.
1: we live in a world and you can never escape it we live in a world of social media you cannot escape it I don't give a shit about people who say I want my privacy there's three types of people in my opinion people who don't mind sharing their lives and views and checking on other people people who like their privacy people are hiding okay so when somebody says, I like my privacy I said what are you hiding okay because the world is changing like it or not we live in a world where we transparent if you are a company director you're going to be on LinkedIn if you're going to be an owner of a business you're going to be on a social media platform the world has changed the only difference is that people see reality before it used to be a media company or a PR agency it sent out certain truths about a certain superstar well now we know if the Kardashians have an argument We'll know within five minutes the whole world knows so that filter stopped mm-hmm. okay and that's the uncomfortable bit what I don't um, agree with that people should know your home address people should uh, know where we hang out yes that leaves them open but being exposed online it's not a, it's such a bad thing that's the future of the world it's the future of the world and the more people you Effect you serve you give the f- more successful you become and more rich you become right and the fact is our children have a gift My, our first two don't have that gift at these two have right so they won't fit it's just like we've got two Usain Bolt's and we're going to prevent them from running right they have a gift everybody's seen them it says mm-hmm. they have a gift right so why not play to that gift as long as we're protecting their personal information. Mm. Because yes, the more people you affect, you're gonna have more haters and trollers and I have haters I have never met, right?
0: Yeah and I, I, I understand and I you know respect you know sort of your um, your opinion. I think at the same time as adults we know you know if I go online I know what potentially could be the benefits and I know what could be yes. the repercussions because I'm older and mm-hmm. wiser, I've got experiences. I think when it comes to, you know, not just our kids, but children in general, mm-hmm. you know, going online and using these online platforms, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be from a point of naivety because they are young. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily, and thank God they don't understand, you know, a lot of the dangers with online. I don't, I don't want to teach, you know, our six-year-old about the dangers that, you know, could potentially come from online platforms. But at the same time, you know, I want to make sure that they're guarded and shield against unnecessary attention when they're so young. Maybe later on if they make that decision for themselves, then they go into that decision eyes wide open with all the research and everything else that goes behind it. My, my, I guess, reservation is that we're making that decision for them with our knowledge, without them fully being aware.
1: Sure. I think, one, they, if I thought for one second they weren't enjoying it, you'll stop. They love it, they look forward to it, they have fun. Second thing is, we're blessed enough to have a team to manage all the community management. Mm-hmm. If Kyan or Caden with dealing with the uh, audience that we don't recognize I would never have done it okay they don't even know they can't even reply they don't have access to reply to anyone
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay so we have a team of adults hopefully highly trained and we continue to train them to protect them from that vulnerability so we're blessed right um, but I, if I thought Kyan or Caden were communicating directly with people I would never mm-hmm. set up that platform mm-hmm. so I agree with you so we blessed to have a different type of
0: setup set for them. Maybe an individual child going out there. Will be different. I that. totally. I wouldn't. Uh-huh. I wouldn't like
1: that. Again, at the same time, they play on Xbox Live, right? And True. There mm-hmm. could be other kids who pretend to be kids and not kids, and just you don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, as an adult, I used to play online poker, and somebody comes and say, "Can I borrow a million chips from you?" And they borrow a million, say "F you" and disappear. And disappear. And yeah, yeah, and I was like, uh, And I'm fifty <laughs> years old, right? So. Uh-huh. We can never stop sharks taking advantage, mm. but um, I 100% agree with you. We're just, we're just blessed to be in a position to have a team filtering them. I have to but then asked. social media and online platforms, you can't, it's the future, period. When you want to get an app, the first thing it says is connect with your Facebook page.
2: True. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Right? So that's the world, that's the, that's the future. Okay,
2: thank
0: you. Last question. So, we've talked a lot about, you know, what Daesh Studi is good at, and his attributes, and his successes. Now, I'd like to know what you feel that you're not good at.
1: Um, gosh, a long list.
0: Not only one, one thing.
1: Oh no, I'll give you a few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I'm not good at Strategic uh, planning. Okay, to me, too many things are black and white. Mm-hmm. You're either in or you're out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I listen to people who've done well in corporates, they are three or four steps ahead of me. It's like you're playing a game of chess. A grandmaster sees six steps ahead. If you make these moves, this is going to happen. With me, I don't give a shit about the second move. This is me. I'm going there. And sometimes. I've burned myself because I've been too black and white okay and Mm -hmm. I don't have the patience for gray okay so that's probably one Um, although I teach I teach my uh, staff not to talk too much I think maybe I'm too I air my opinion when it's not needed in my personal life too much I mean it's just not needed right so (laughs) why air it? it's only gonna create Uh, Issues. Uh I said better not say anything. So I'm learning to be a lot more thoughtful and less
0: outspoken.
2: Maybe vocal. Thank you very (laughs) much.
1: And um, Um. yeah, I I want to be the grand old man, the wise old man, wise man. Forget the old bit. (laughs) I want to be the wise man. That's what I want to be, rather than the the doer and the pusher. what else um i need more discipline when it comes to my food i need Mm -hmm. to be more disciplined when it comes to my exercise i need to be more disciplined with the us time Um, i mean you and me i need to be more disciplined with my time with my children i need to be more disciplined with less distraction from the phone and more focused to being in in the now I don't mind actually you may think it's a a weakness but I actually think it's a strength whereby I expect the best if I pay for it I want the best and if I don't get it I air it right Uh and (laughs) and although for instance if I get a really bad service at a hotel or a waiter or a manager or anything a car company or something and I air it I actually think in my mind that uh, might not like me but I've actually served them something because in later on they're not going to make that mistake again mm. they'll get more tips True. they get higher salaries so I, I feel that that confrontation is unnecessary but for them long term I'm doing them a service if that makes sense
0: but actually I don't yeah it makes perfect sense and I, I think you know when you talk about that confrontation you're never you're never confrontational and rude you're always confrontational but very polite with it you know, you you in such a way that the person who's listening doesn't feel insulted, they don't feel, you know, ashamed. You do it actually in a very honourable way, and that's one of the... Thank you, but
1: it all depends on my mood.
0: It, and the circumstances. <laughs> no, but for so the most part, you're very the, polite.
1: I'll tell you what happened. The other, <laughs> the other day, I was not in a good place, I was tired, and maybe had a, we had a ding-dong or something, and I was just not in a good place, and I went to get some service, and this. This guy, oh yeah, I'll tell you what it was. It was the, for the fourth time, the screen on my Samsung came off. Again, okay. okay. <laughs> and it's a half an hour experience. they mm-hmm. got to take it, put a liquid, put it under the UV light. And the same damn guy serves me every single time. Okay, so we, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, didn't get sleep, we're in a bad place.
0: Inconvenienced like, by the phone. Like
1: inconvenienced by the phone. I see the guy, he looks at me, he tuts. <laughs> right? And then without saying a word picks up another brand new screen for the fifth time opens it up and doesn't say a word to me (laughs) okay so i'm sitting there and this is
0: building i'm sitting there
1: wanting to kill him right (laughs) and that that to make things worse samsung manager had decided to put islamic prayers in the hall of the shop right i thought Uh it was just prayer time but this went on for 20 minutes right and the store is empty now i'm thinking I care for Samsung. the customer service I care for the sales because I'm a sales and marketing guy this night guy hasn't apologized for my inconvenience He's touching away because I mean him. <laughs> I just want to kill someone oh. so I thought you know what break the pattern break the pattern so I said to him hey listen I know you are focused on fixing my screen but I'm gonna make the shop busy okay and I'm not gonna ask for any commission it looked to me like you are psycho so I thought you know just go with this go with this so I went to the music center and I downloaded some music but I thought thought it would bring people into the shop. Within two minutes uh, the shop was packed. Wow. I changed the music.
2: Wow.
1: And the shop was packed. And suddenly I got a f- sense of fulfillment <laughs> that my creativity brought clients into the place. So by this time uh, he was laughing.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Right? He's changed. He never freaking apologized. Mm. But then instead of ignoring me, maybe he wasn't a bad though. yeah, maybe he wasn't mm. a bad day. He said, he said, thank you so much for waiting, and here it is. Mm-hmm. And I left a different energy than I came in, because I actually literally want to strangle the guy with the phone cord, right? So, <laughs> But then um, the, I made it, I think the sales improved in the hour I was there, the environment changed, and I left. And then lo and behold, two days ago, the screen comes off, and I want to go back and kill the guy, right? Because <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. The stamp screen doesn't fit properly. So uh-huh. It just shows it depends on your mood. Um, you can control your environment depending your, on your behavior. Uh,
0: but again, and that was my point. Like you, you get the point across. You make your point, but you do it in a
1: it was that close, with not being in a positive way. But
0: that, but I've never really seen that side where you know you've you've disrespected somebody, or you know you've done it in such a way that's left them feeling small. You always address the situation, and you leave that individual feeling maybe not necessarily empowered at that moment, but. You know something, something to think about. Yeah, they think about something, and they I remember
1: from it. Uh, when I was a waiter, and because um, I worked since I arrived in England at age fourteen, I just worked. I've never not worked. It's just what's what I did. And I didn't speak English, so they gave me jobs that were so mundane that didn't involve <laughs> communication. So, and I used to be a waiter at weddings. Mm. And this particular day, I'll give you some funny examples. And this particular day, I was carrying a tray of pine pots yes and of course they want me to make as little trip as possible so they pack it with like 20 of them and I'm bare I'm 14 15 <laughs> and I'm barely can hold this damn thing and it had revolving doors
2: oh, no. so
1: the I think the bridegroom was doing a speech and everybody's quiet and I take this tray and somebody on the other side pushes the revolving oh, door no. hits the tray like and they're all smash <laughs> and imagine the whole wedding turned around and looked at me and I'm like you know, but 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 if I can't it was speak like English. <laughs> and I don't know, this is really embarrassing. I want to die. And um, the manager comes and says, "You stupid idiot!" In front of everyone, no, that's just right? Awful. And I, I'd actually quit the job that day. But I thought I'll never ever humiliate someone because it had nothing to do with my stupidity. Yeah. You know, I was careful. Somebody on sometime. the other side just pushed the revolving door door open. So maybe I was stupid. Because I'll give you an example. Previous <laughs> week. Previous week, I don't know if I told you the story. Uh, I get great service because I, again, I worked hard. When my colleagues were messing around, I was doing to, twice as much serving vegetables and things, and and I'm always sweat so they can see me sweating, with and a serving, sweating. This kid is running around his ass off. So the bride's father came to me and gave me a twenty-pound tip. Did I tell you this? I don't. Uh,
0: I don't think
1: so. He gave me a twenty-pound tip, and he oh, said, "Oh yeah,
2: you did. gave He it said, to
1: get, it. Get, get get drinks for yourself and your colleagues." So I took the 20 pounds and I thought, that's a lot of money. So I went around to my colleague and said, Does anybody want any drinks? Anybody want any drinks? I went to the kitchen, anybody want any drinks? They said no. So I gave <laughs> the gave guy his 20 pounds back. I said, Nobody <laughs> wanted drinks. And he's like,
0: A strange oh. guy. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Put it later on, somebody said, That's yeah. a tip, you idiot. Right? So I, I was naive. But that's
0: but naive. also good karma. Right? You, whatever happened in that moment, Maybe you create some good karma. Maybe 40 years later, you. it served me
1: well. <laughs> it paid but like off, yeah. 40 years later, I remember. It. There was another time, like, talking about, like, I train our staff, right? And I was a night shift guy. And 3 o'clock in the morning, I get a call saying that this guy wants this whole main course, food, everything, desserts. And it was just chef and me. I've (laughs) never been taught how to serve anything, Uh right? So I'm packing everything. I'm sticking things in the microwave. The steak comes right now. I had a tray here. And... Most of the tray was on the table, so I put the steak on this side and the turn around to the steak. Something out the weight of the steak flipped there,
2: the, the, the tray place. onto.
1: The so I'm turning around, the steak's on the floor, oh, no. the desserts, they're all mixed up. Something is three in the morning, and I'm gonna go get fired. So I took the steak, put it under the sink, <laughs> washed it, put it there, took the peas that had that had the potatoes, and hair, well. and washed them, put it away, put it stuck in the microwave, <laughs> and I get this wishy washy looking. Uh-huh. Thing and I delivered it, and so I'm nervous. Now. I took it to the room, and I'm on the door, not answering. And I'm like, what do what I do? do, I do? Mm. And nobody's ever told me what that is. So I leave it there and walk off. They're gonna call and complain. So I'm knocking, I'm ringing the doorbell. Imagine I'm 15 or something. And I'm like, what the hell? And I walked in, and they were having sex. Oh no. <laughs> I'm there with a stake, and, <laughs> and I know where that damn thing went. and like oh, I've seen bombs going up and down, and I just went, and I think they just caught the back of me as I was leaving the room, like, out the like door. what, what, what,
2: what, <laughs> <coughs> ran
1: off. I mean, those experiences you can never replace, but again, I was like, what do you, I still don't know what you do, um, nobody told me, that. what would you do, you I got know, the stake. you're ringing the door, I, guess I think, you'd
0: ring the bell and you wouldn't, Oh, you want not
1: leave the food. fresh food on the phone? Or maybe
0: you would leave the food outside and then you would call the a room phone and, and say the
1: yeah, food's outside. Or... Yeah. So even that would kind of like, what yeah. do we do? Because I've never seen fresh food leave at the left at the door. Because yeah. it'll go cold. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a <are> very memorable, <laughs> memorable <laughs> moment. Life,
0: life, moments
1: moment. Like, there was another time. I was quite because I used to be into sports, and I used to in the evenings I used to glass collecting so two in the morning. Can you imagine? I cycle an hour. I, I get home at 3 in the morning because after the nightclub closes, mm. but I had really strong arms and I still do in a way and uh, there was a bouncer, who was like 6 foot 6 and stuff like this, huge guy and he would challenge everybody to uh, arm wrestle, uh-huh. okay, and I am 16 maybe, I, to, I think I had to be over 16 to get a job as a glass, glass collector in a bar, I just worked hard. So this night I'm in the kitchen and the guy's like showing off and says, yeah, I'll give you an arm wrestle. I went, okay, and I beat him, Uh-oh. right? Bad he made my life, life hell, hell like, for the next six months because I humiliated <laughs> him in front uh-huh. of everybody, right? Yeah. And I was so naive. I didn't think anything of it. Also, everybody would be proud,
2: uh-huh. right?
1: So, um, yeah, I had to leave because <laughs> he just made my life hell. And then when I got older, he wouldn't let me in the clubs because <laughs> he was a head doorman because I beat You'd him in arm you always the guy that beat
0: him mm. in arm wrestle. So what I've
1: learned now, so if I ever played squash or table football with clients, I always let them beat me.
0: Or manage the comp you're I always let
1: them beat me. Yeah. But I'll make it a close game. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've gifted it, but I think they've earned it. Uh, okay.
0: Psychological lessons.
1: Yeah. yeah. I can give you a ton of those. <laughs> that leads us Amazing. to our date night. So I'll take you out this weekend. I'll give you some more stories that you didn't. Some of know my know.
0: stories. I can't and then wait. six
1: months later you can pretend it was somebody else who told you those stories and or I can interview to me.
0: you again in six months. So, did you when know? I have polish my skills and you can tell you're, me all the same stories. Isn't I can amazing? be amazing? You're
1: natural and you look gorgeous um, and um, you're amazing.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel incredibly awkward, but I've enjoyed this. This has been really nice. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been very insightful, extremely interesting. All I can
1: say is thank God you've had your first experience with me.
2: Mm. Indeed. My memorable one. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Have an amazing day. Love you.